0: You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Special Edition podcast recorded from Promat 2017 in Chicago. Inbound Logistics was at Promat 2017 in Chicago, where we invited several thought leaders from the industry to answer some questions about the state of logistics today and where it might be headed in the near future. Representatives from SoloGlobe, Toshiba, Crown Equipment, and DHL Took some time out of their busy schedules to sit down with us and share some of their insights on globalization, automation, and a little bit of prognostication. We headed out to Promat armed with three questions for some industry professionals to tackle. Emmanuel Langlois, Executive Vice President of Solo Globe. Jim Gaskell, Director of Global Business Technology Development for Crown Equipment. Dan Trainer, Business Development Manager for Toshiba, and Adrian Kumar, Vice President of Solutions Design for DHL, sat down with us to give us their takes on the issues. Our first question centered around a phrase that inbound logistics editorials have used for years. The phrase is, the world is your warehouse. Have recent industry advances in practices, technology, automation, and materials handling made that phrase a reality? Emmanuel Langlois of Globe, had this to say.
1: I mean for sure when you look at the uh, supply chain today is more global than any time before that has uh, a lot of impact in the way things move but also expectation from a customer now so you can be looking at uh, a product that is uh, you know from a European company and that order it and expect it to be here uh, as soon as possible. And the same thing with, uh, you know, the way uh, companies, B2B, uh, business to business, do business now. I mean, they outsource more in the international market. Things move uh, a lot more efficiently. Uh, technology allows all, also to optimize all those movements, the, the, the traceability, the, uh, the transport optimization. So for sure, the world is now one big warehouse and uh, you need to be able to pretty much uh, source everything from anywhere and make it efficient in how things move because in the end i mean things need to move physically so uh, that optimization is key in that
2: concept of uh, the world is the warehouse yes
0: jim gaskell of crown equipment agrees
2: yeah absolutely um you know when i think about that question i think about how the internet has empowered um, every uh, potential uh, marketer of business to be able to get to every consumer and you know the range of how a product gets to the consumer can be from somebody shipping it from their house to um, it being shipped from a mechanized warehouse where there's almost no people and so you know we've been in material handling for over 50 years and we have played a big role um, in that space in between
0: Dan Trainer of Toshiba hedged his bets just a little bit.
2: Oh, well, um, I think we're getting closer to that reality. I mean, here
3: being at ProMatch, you can walk the floor, and it's a huge show. And you're seeing all sorts of innovations that allow the, the warehouse to be much more efficient with less people or making the people that they have more efficient, which lets them put out more product. You take that and then you expand that out to all of the home-based businesses and smaller businesses that are feeding and going out in the world. So yeah, we, we do it, see it there. Uh, will we ever see it to where it's the norm? I don't think so because we've been automating and going since the Industrial Revolution started. With each advancement, it, the worker shifts. So they're no longer having to lift 100-pound bales by themselves. Uh, Machines are doing that for them. So again, they're being more efficient, and we see that as a good thing all the way around.
0: Adrian Kumar of DHL added this take.
3: Yeah, definitely.
4: I think for, for the better part of my career, most warehouse operations, despite the fact that there's been a lot of automation out there, most warehouse operations have been relatively conventional. But in recent years, what we've seen is the advent of a lot of new technologies, particularly in robotics. Vision picking is something that we're, uh, we're piloting and, and getting heavily involved in. Drones and the internet of things. And so those four technologies, we've kind of been out in front of those technologies, not waiting for the solutions to kind of come to us, uh, but actively going out there, investing in those technologies Piloting those technologies, and we're just seeing more and more application uh, for technologies as as we're seeing that the capabilities are going up and the price uh, is going down.
0: The next question references a recent editorial entitled "Working at People's Speed." Do these latest advances empower, enable, and enhance the human element, or do they marginalize the logistics workforce? Jim Gaskell, Crown Equipment.
2: Absolutely, they enhance it. So, like, um, there's a lot of examples, but, I, you know, reading the Elon Musk uh, story about how they're building these factories that don't have people in them, well, manufacturing has probably been further advanced in regards of automating, but automation is now coming to the warehouse. And in the warehouse space, there is a whole um, range of automation. So, for example, we have some uh, technologies. um, We've had one for five years where we can automate a low-level order pick by um, what is a semi-automation, which is like a driver assist sort of feature. It allows you to drive the truck by itself, controlled completely by the operator, so the operator can work from behind it and stack it. So to answer your question, absolutely. Will those advances continue to come out? Absolutely, we will, I think, continue to make the operator more productive as we get to the space of where we go to autonomy.
3: Dan Trainer, Toshiba. I actually think they enhance it and the reason that I say that is because the technology is now at the fingertips of each person. You walk around you have a smartphone that smartphone has more power in it than the computers of the desk gauge from what put the people on the moon. So you look at that and again as you walk around here you see those advancements so that person that is out on the floor, is much more intelligent, has much more information at their fingertips than you were ever able to get before. Paper and pencil has now gone digital, and digital in a much better way than what we've ever seen it in the past.
0: Adrian Kumar, DHL.
4: I think it it enhances the human element. I say that because I take a look at some of the different technologies that we're implementing. Technologies that can, like auto-guided vehicles, technologies that can drive around a warehouse operation, work within our existing warehouse infrastructure, and allow our operators uh, to do their core picking activity as opposed to just walking around uh, and kind of being unproductive, if you will. Uh, So we're seeing a lot of technologies that can greatly aid, uh, aid the human being within the warehouse floor. Vision picking, for example. Vision picking that has an augmented image of what the picker is supposed to go out and pick, and it, and it will show them what that item might look like. So they're going to have greater accuracy. Then they're going to be able to once they've picked something, then they're going to be shown an image of where to place it on a pick cart. So if they're placed, if they're picking 12 orders at once, they kind of get that allocation shown to them. So they're getting more accurate, more productive. So I think these technologies a lot of them are greatly enabling our workforce to be more productive and that's important because we're having a hard time finding labor.
0: So you don't see automation and all that replacing humans anytime soon?
4: No, I mean, I, I think I, I, think there's a need for a lot of automation in, in warehouse operations just because warehousing is getting more and more uh, challenging. Uh, it, you know, we're getting to the kind of more and more uh, B 2 C operations, where operations that maybe used to service wholesalers and used to service other other retailers' warehouses are now servicing the end consumer, and we, and that just creates the need for that much more labor in our operations, and we need to drive that efficiency in our operations. So, if anything, I think the number of people working in warehousing is in, is increasing, and the technology is needed to make it that much more efficient.
0: Emmanuel Langlois, Sologlobe.
1: A little bit of. Well, I mean, for sure things are changing. So the way we used to work in the warehouse is different and will be different in five years, 10 years. When you look at automation, I mean, it is happening. At the same time, I think there's other jobs that are being created uh, that kind of uh, are maybe more value added job and uh, that will require maybe a bit more skills. But I think there's still good work, good jobs in the warehouse and the distribution and uh, not, not everything will be replaced by robots in the short term, or medium or long term. So things are changing, but I think there's different places for, but at the same time, I mean, uh, expectations of customers are changing, so you need to adapt, you need to address uh, those new expectations, and if you don't, I mean, your competitors will do it. So it's kind of a change that is happening, and uh, the best companies that are able to do it are, are very successful, Think about Amazon. Think about company like eBay. For sure, uh, this is uh, something that you need to embrace. And if you don't, but maybe your futures will be compromised.
0: Finally, we asked, "What is your vision for materials handling over the next five years?" Adrian Kumar, DHL.
4: I, I really think that um, a lot of the a lot of the cutting edge systems uh, that can reprioritize orders and that you know, don't just work in traditional kind of batch processing sequences, but can, you know so instead of just having a queue of a thousand orders and kind of dripping them to the floor one by one, can look within that queue and, and can kind of pit, prioritize the orders that need to be picked based on customer's preferences, customer's geographies, customers, whether a customer has requested express shipping or not. A lot of that advanced system functionality that wasn't there in the past is just working its way into warehouse operations as well so you know there's the hardware side, the robots and all those different
2: things but there's also the software side that's getting better and better as well.
0: Jim Gaskell, Crown Equipment.
2: Yeah absolutely, Um, I think nobody can deny that automation is you know moving in our direction you know I think there are a lot of opportunities I think you'll see people in automation working together which I think is a challenge instead of going with one or the other but I also think that there's a chance that the way we distribute goods to the world is going to change. I mean, quite frankly, you know, warehouses are to store up goods for demand. There'll be uh, opportunities where they'll be able to make the product and ship it and be able to do it at a speed that fits with the market demand. So that's such a broad question, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays itself out over the next five to ten years.
0: Emmanuel Langlois, Solar Globe.
1: A lot of things are changing. Uh... I mean, when you look at the uh, concept of supply chain, you see now there's uh, expectation that all the different pieces of the supply chain are working in a more integrated way. Uh, so uh, expectation from system solution are also following the same concept. People expect now having all kind of different systems really working together as a whole to make sure that we have a holistic view of the supply chain and not a, a view by silos. So. We're more and more talking about supply chain platforms, supply chain hub, those are concepts that are becoming more and more uh, out there. And this is the idea of having a lot of system talking to a lot of system. And when you add on top of this, things like Internet of Things, where now object will be talking with other objects, right. it's all a world where things will be more and more connected. And now you're talking about your suppliers, your supplier, not your supplier, your customers that almost now has a foot in your warehouse. So again, more integration, more connectivity. So all this world of connectivity will make it more like working together, working as a supply chain, fully embedded, and that includes suppliers, that includes customers, that includes a lot of different players, and this is where things are going. well, when uh, uh, you look at system, I mean, more open architecture, system that integrate better with other systems, more real-time information, access to more uh, better quality information, business intelligence, uh, analytics, those are all things that definitely in the next few years will be
3: happening a lot.
0: Dan Trainer, Toshiba.
3: It's really hard to say because the advancements are happening so fast that I think Um, electronics are getting smaller faster and that you're seeing it everywhere you go google glass and and the smart cars that are going to be driving themselves so i think we're going to see an advancement in just technology itself how is how it's going to affect the supply chain i really don't know other than making that person a much more intelligent Uh, the front office is now so connected to the back office that or the floor that Things happen at such a fast pace that the Amazons of the world that have to deliver in, in that day, or I order it online and I go pick it up. So I see advances there more so than anything else.
0: Additionally, we asked Dan what Toshiba could do specifically to help companies facing an increasing demand signal for goods and services that we term supply chain impatience.
3: Toshiba is. Um, an integral part of any equation in the backroom in the supply chain we're not the total solution that that is one thing that we are going to be there which helps them create the label Uh, get it make sure it ships out wherever that is product doesn't move unless it's scannable if it's scannable it's movable if it has to be scanned it has to be labeled that's where Toshiba is going to come in place uh... we have our multi-function printers which allow better throughput color and the rest out on the floor we have digital signage under our umbrella that also allows the user to visually see what's going on from distances and knowing what's happening there so Toshiba itself is not the total solution provider but we also work together with multiple people to help bring that solution together.
0: How integral to maintaining an efficient supply chain is it to be able to accurately assess the entire process from the largest pieces of technology to label printer supplies? Yeah,
3: where I see that coming from, it's more the, the software solution of a business that creates the, the overall integration into their business. If I have a good um, ERP or MRP or whatever is driving my business, that is gonna be the key there. You're right, if I'm so integrated and something breaks, I'm, I'm dead in the water until that comes up and running. The, so often in the past, if I broke my pencil, I could go get another pencil. Now if I break my terminal, I have to go get another terminal. So every business has to have a contingency and backup plan for what to do when that happens. Um, Tornadoes, which have been coming through lately, they can wipe out a a whole center. Uh, Redundancy and off-site storage of your business intellect has to be a must. And those businesses are popping up all over the place so that you can be redundant. If my main business hub goes down, I can switch it over and I'm gonna be back online within minutes or hours, hopefully, depending on where and how I've done it. But if you don't have a good emergency plan in your business, you are going to be in trouble some point in the future.
0: Finally, we asked Dan to tell us about the most unique supply chain solution that he's had to come up with.
3: My background, I've been in the industry for, my last job has been, well, we'll say 25 years. So I was a systems integrator for 22 years, putting together unique solutions. Basically, our motto was, we're going to keep track of anything that's important to you. And by doing that, we came across some really unique opportunities over the course of time uh, to create one. So my most unique one is actually one that just happened before I left that company. And um, I'm from Arizona and I got a call from somebody in Massachusetts and said, we want to track oysters growing in the Chesapeake Bay. And after a description of it, they they have cages. They're roughly two by four foot cages, uh, roughly about a foot deep. And they stack two of them on top of each other. And then they put them out in the bay and there's 10 of them in a row in between two buoys. And they're just sitting out there for months. And as I'm starting to listen to her talk, I said, well, the reality is all that is is a warehouse. They're rows, and they had like 15, 20 rows out there, 10 10 spots deep, you know, two. And then the information that they needed to get was when did that get put into the bay, what size were they in that, so when they got the order to fulfill um hundreds or dozens or whatever it was of oysters they knew that they had to go to this particular spot pull up the cage we put a barcode on the top of it we talk about the barcoding in this case they were aluminum because they had to survive underwater so we they scanned it pulled up the app it said yep these are the right ones they would pull out the oysters put them back in drop it in and let them cook and (laughs) it it was unique but interesting and here's a desert rat telling somebody in the east coast how to how to keep track of things probably the most bizarre ones uh and this i I consider bizarre so we developed a tracking solution um, in our company and we put a contest out and we said we're going to award a solution to the most unique use of that particular application so we put it out there for a month and then we got back A, a engineer was Putting barcodes on all of his kids' chores in his house, and then he was scanning and tracking <laughs> the kids' chores. And then he built the metrics from that that said, yes, you met your criteria, or no, you didn't, and it went from that. They won.
0: That's great. I need that for my kids. <laughs> kids left home <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: They're in therapy now. <laughs> so
0: Awesome. Those are great stories.
3: Thank you so much. Sure enough. Thank you.
0: Our sincere thanks to Emmanuel Langlois, Jim Gaskell, Dan Trainer, and Adrian Kumar for speaking with us. For more information on their respective companies, links will be available in the show notes.
2: Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly getil. That's bit.ly slash underscore I L and stay ahead of the 3PL game.
0: The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. All of these links will be available in the show notes. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.